Hey everyone, welcome back to Peeling Back Money in Life. My name is Mike and I'm here with today with my co-host Casey. And in this episode, we're going to provide just a brief overview on the topic of how much is enough. And we're going to delve into various aspects related to this very, very thought-provoking question. And we're going to explore the concept of sufficiency and, and examine how its implications in different areas of life, including our money. And so through insightful discussions and maybe some real life examples, we'll aim to shed light on complexities of determining what is truly enough in your world or in a world that often emphasizes excess. So join us as we navigate through this intriguing subject and challenge our perceptions of abundance and contentment. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. And just for our listeners, just imagine for a moment that you have enough. You have enough to sustain yourself financially for the rest of your life. You're all set. But the only problem is you're not aware of it. So you just go about doing what you're always doing, going to work, you're accumulating more and more, you keep saving, you keep investing, you know, whether you want to continue working or not, just because you don't know. And unfortunately, that's a common scenario that we see. Many of us are caught up in that cycle of constant accumulation without realizing that they have already reached the point of sufficiency, that, that they already have enough. We just keep chasing after more, thinking that it'll bring us happiness and security. It's, it's that hedonic treadmill. But the truth is we already have enough if we only realized it. Because we, we you know, leave, whether it's we're leaving accounts lingering out there, whatever it happens to be, it, it reminds me of a book that's titled enough, How Much Money Do You Need for the Rest of Your Life by Paul Armson. Uh, it's a book that I keep going back to and a few points in, in his book he mentions in there, if, if you didn't know you were going to be okay, how would you live your life? For the working, would you continue to work if you're working now? If you're already retired, would you continue to worry and wonder how long your money would last and not really enjoying what you have but you, and you're feeling guilty about spending it? Are you taking more risks than you need? You know, so it goes back to that big question, how much is enough? What's your number? And, you know, it's enough for what? And another great book, you know, that we'll reference probably throughout this podcast is, is the number, what you need for the rest of your life and what will it cost by Lee Eisenberg. Mm, exactly. Good references. And, and we see this, you know, through our advising business time and time again, you know, people working longer to accumulate more than they need um, or to people are already retired, they're fearful of running out. It, it gets to the, the scarcity mindset a bit versus the abundance mindset and, and not just knowing how much is enough, right? So the concept of enough is about recognizing that we've reached a stage in life where we can just stop and enjoy the fruits of what we've been working for for all these years. It's about finding that sweet spot where we can live comfortably and contently and with, without that constant pressure that, that we have to, you know, accumulate or earn more and more and more. And so it can really be liberating and invigorating when we realize that we have enough. And, and you know, we can make decisions based on what truly matters to us, you know, rather than being driven solely by that pursuit of more, which our society just constantly pounds at us, right? And so we can choose to work less or spend, you know, more time with our loved ones, or, you know, maybe it's about pursuing some passion that you've always wanted to do and never had that opportunity to do. 
Yeah. What, what, what would you truly do if you did, if you had enough? You know, I, I can think of several people that, you know, we kind of sat down with them and it's like, why are you continuing to work? And it's almost like it's just a blank stare sometimes because they didn't realize they had enough. Uh, and it's, and it's an unfortunate scene sometimes that, oh, I, I can stop. I can go, like Mike said, go pursue my passion. I can, I can go, you know, graduate into the next version of myself as, as our good friend, Mike Finley would say. Um, so it, it's, it's about, you know, knowing where you're at and what enough is, what do you want your next stage in life to look at? Yeah. And so we'll go into some of the numbers here, um, later in the podcast, but a point that we really want to drive home right now is that it's not solely about a dollar amount or, you know, what comes after the dollar sign. The, the numbers are crucial, yes, but understanding that concept of what enough is and laying that foundation for a sturdy, you know, financial house, it, it's, it's about more than just numerical values. It's about finding that balance and that contentment, you know. Figuring out what's enough is like setting the GPS for your life, putting that destination in. And, and it's it's not just about the money. It's knowing about, you know, when to hit the brakes and allow more time for that freedom, for what it is you want to accomplish and unlock a whole bunch of other benefits that, you know, that are unique to you. And so it's that roadmap to contentment and nailing that down you know, and your own version of enough for you can steer, you know, you can steer clear of that constant pursuit of, of more, you know, that social pressure of we got to have more, 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 because we're this consumeristic society. And so it's about finding that sweet spot for you and where, you know, when you can actually stop and enjoy, you know, thinking about those pressures and really start to enjoy the journey itself. Yeah. Enjoy the, the fruits of your labor. It's, and it's not that you have to stop completely. You know, if you love what you're doing, absolutely continue to do it. You know, our, our society is going to benefit from the people who love what they do. Uh, but having enough and realizing it can help you make better decisions, better financial decisions, better life decisions. It can help you become more intentional. It can help you if you're not already aligned with your values and you don't have to be solely focused on the numbers with your investment statement or the numbers in your bank statement. And, you know, can kind of push that, that ego aside a little bit and truly get down to, to what matters to you, to what matters in life. Um, and that might be for you, it might be your family. It might be giving back more. Um, it, it just really about finding that peace and simplicity. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more on that. You know, um, setting, you know, setting those boundaries and, and, being mindful, that's that's the path to real, true fulfillment. And so your financial goals and the values, they need to align with what your concept of enough is. So as we gear up for the, the financial details part of this, take a moment to just think about for you, what's enough? What does it mean to you? You know, it's that cornerstone, you know, of a financially healthy and fulfilling life. And so uh, now, as we kind of start to move into the financial piece a little bit, the biggest driver behind what enough is going to be for you is probably your lifestyle. The more extravagant your lifestyle, the bigger your number is going to be. Yeah. So is it, is it to live your current lifestyle, you know, as we get to the process of figuring out what is enough or are you going to work part time? Are you never going to work again? Are you going to travel way more? Are you going to travel, you know, in state, out of state 
for weeks or months on end? Are you going to give a bunch of money away? You know, it could be any combination of those, or is your current lifestyle going to be even less than it is now because you're not going to be traveling to work. You don't need to buy all those clothes and you're just, you're going to be volunteering. I mean, you're going to be eating at home more. Maybe your debt's going to be paid off. So it's about looking at your lifestyle now. So, you know, step one is calculating your current expenses and start by determining, you know, how much you're spending each year. And this, this includes, you know, going to the, the nitty gritty, you know, print out the credit card statements, print out the bank statements and looking at the housing, the transportation, the groceries, the utilities, the insurance. And if you're not a budget, you're not a number person, um, you know, then try, try an app out there that will, that will assist you in this process. But this is, this is a huge important step of knowing how much is enough for you. Um, and you need to not just look at the monthly, but also the yearly on occasion. So, you know, the, the semi-annual insurance or the annual insurance bills that are coming in or, you know, filling up that, that gas tank if you live in the country. Um, all those little things that we kind of forget about are the, are the Christmas gifts, you know, that we just had. And this will take multiple attempts. You know, it, it, many of us, most of us are not going to get it right that first time. It's, it's something that, you know, we continually look at. We continually go back to uh, as our life is changing with having kids and more kids. And, and it's something that you always have to look at because, again, how is your lifestyle going to be the same or different, you know, at that next stage? What do you want it to look like? And number two is consider your assets. So after you get your expenses down, consider your assets. This is, this is money that may be liquid where you can draw from to live on. It might, it might be money in your bank or credit union, and it might be individual retirement account like a traditional Roth IRA. It might be a taxable brokerage money. It might be a, a work, old workplace account that maybe you decide to roll over into an IRA and add all that up. Write down what you have. Don't include um, your house because that's not readily available to you. It's not, it's not liquid. So the only way you're going to kind of include that, we'll talk about it in a little bit, is you know if you decide to sell, if you decide to downsize it. Um, third here is income sources. You know, take into account any income sources that you may have, such as part-time work. It might be rental income if you're into that. Pensions if you have one. Social Security, where those projected numbers going to be. Write all that down. So by now you have your expenses, you have your assets, and you have your income written down. Next, we're going to use a, a long-time rule. Uh, you may have heard of it as a 4% rule, and you may have heard of it as uh, 25 times. So one rule of thumb is to have 25 times the amount you spend each year. So in that step one, you figured out your expenses. So take 25 times that. If you spend 40000 a year, you would aim to have a million dollars in investments that you can pull from. Or you can do 40% or sorry, 4% of your investments to withdraw. So if you have a million dollars, 4% of that would be 40000 Either, either way works, it comes up to the same number, whichever one you feel more, more comfortable doing. Uh, but making sure that you take into consideration also what type of account it is in and what tax bracket you'd be in. So, you know, if that, all that 40000 is coming from a Roth bucket, you know, you're good to go. It's, you're not paying taxes on it. But if it's coming from a traditional IRA bucket, you know, for example, then you're going to need to pay for taxes. Sometimes it's going to be 10%. Sometimes it's going to be more than that, depending on what your bracket is and what are income sources you have coming in. Uh, so you need to make sure that you factor in those as well. Uh, and then and then fifth here, lastly, adjust for those personal circumstances. You know, keep in mind that obviously we're all, we're all, everybody's situation is unique, but you know, whether it's going to be a risk tolerance, your desired lifestyle again, what are your goals going to be? 
Are your goals to add more traveling? Is it to buy that second home or whatever it happens to be? And will those expenses decrease because debt's paid off? Or will they kind of offset because maybe you pay off debt, but maybe you go traveling more, give away more money. Um, and as you keep reflecting and reviewing this, you're going to get more and more close to what that number actually is. Yeah. And so as we start to look through this, you know, one of the things that we often hear about is, is the word net worth and, and, you know, how does that apply to you? And so when we look at net worth, you know, we talked about those first three things up there, you know, what, you know, expenses that might be some liabilities to, you know, and assets in, in income sources. When you take everything that you own and you subtract out everything that you owe, that is your net worth. And so that may or may not be a good way of determining what is enough for you. Um, but, but it could get you into this ballpark of that 25% rule. Um, you know, Casey alluded to earlier, you know, if you're looking at, at maybe selling your home to, to fund that, you know, what does that look like for you? You know, what's, what's an example, you know, maybe you have a $600,000 home that you have paid off and you're going to sell it and, you know, move into a smaller $200,000 home. And, and, and so you may have that money, you know, that may be taxed, it may not. Um, and markets change. So it's, it's, it's hard to be able to plan for that in your planning because you don't know what your, what your house is going to sell for uh, when you get ready to sell it, if that's what you're counting on. Um, same way, you know, if you own a business, um, if you're, if you're planning on using that as part of your 25 X, you know, and with what you have saved, you know, the risk is, is number one, you, you're going to have to find a buyer to buy your business. And, and until the money's in your account, you, you can't really count on that to happen. So, so there's just another, you know, risk that maybe you need to think about is, is you're trying to figure out how much is enough for you. So, um, uh, you know, another thing thing that we need to be considered about in, in figuring out what that number is, is maybe you have, or maybe you're expecting on an inheritance to come, you know, from a, a parent or some other family member and, and family dynamics change and, and, you know, assets of other people change. And so you may or may not get that inheritance. So if, if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to retire at 65, you know, mom or dad's going to pass at 90 and I'm going to get, you know, a million dollars, that may or may not happen. And so, so again, as you're, as you're starting to calculate your number, remember that. And so, and also don't, don't forget, you know, to account for inflation when you're coming up with your number. Um, you know, for many years, decades, actually, inflation wasn't that big a deal. Now, in the past couple of years, we've had quite a bit of it happen. And and we really need to remember, hey, we need to think about this when we're coming up with what our number is. And so, um, you know, just reiterate the importance of just getting a handle on, on what you spend, because, you know, Casey said, we don't, we're not going to get this right. And we, and we deal with people, you know, day in and day out with their budgets. And, and they don't get it right the first time. I mean, there's always something that pops up. And so, you know, that's something else I, we just can't re reiterate to just get a good handle on. And then, um, Casey, do you have any real world, real world examples um, or tips that maybe we've seen that you want to share with, with our listeners? You know, I think the, the best tip I, I can provide, and it's kind of a, a personal experience in how we've worked with clients is, print off those credit card statements, print off those bank statements and go through them. Even if you just sit down once a quarter 
it, it doesn't take that long and it will open up your eyes like, oh, I'm spending on this or we're spending on this. And it's not that we're shaming or we're blaming. It's being more aware. I call it tracking your spending, you know, versus a lot of people don't like the word budget, but, but we need to know where our money's going. Otherwise, how are we ever going to know how much is enough? Um, which kind of leads into uh, the next one is there's really three types of people. And I learned it from the uh, Enough book by Paul Armstrong that I referenced earlier. It's, and they fall into three categories. One is that not enough. They're going to run out of money and they're not going to be able to live their desired lifestyle. And that's, that's not even the worst case scenario out of all of these, honestly, because yeah, they're not going to be able to live their desired lifestyle, but that doesn't mean necessarily they're going to grow broke and busted. It just might mean, oh, I can't travel as much, or I can't give as much as I would like to uh, my kids or, or, a, or a charity or whatever. And then secondly, you have, you have people who have enough, but like we mentioned earlier, do they even realize it? Are they just stacking up more and more just, just because they don't know? And third, and honestly, it, it's the worst case scenario is somebody who's got too much. And I say this is the worst case because they worked longer than they needed to when they didn't want to. Uh, they pay more tax than they ever needed, or they will pay, and or they will pay more tax because you know of estate taxes and and stuff like that. And they didn't enjoy as much as they could have afforded to because they didn't realize that they had so much. So determining enough can vary, obviously, depending on whether you're a younger person planning for the future or somebody closer to or in retirement, but. You know some some key considerations for for each kind of range that we can help uh, help better understand this and and by reviewing again what your expenses are and what your income you have coming in will help as well. And Mike, what about some some age ranges that we can help our listeners gain some more insight? Oh yeah. So as you're as you're planning and you're trying to develop that number and you're trying to build your plan, you know everybody's going to be different and and it's going to be based on you know. A number of variety, you know, variety of factors, but a big one is age. And so, as you know, I'll give just a few tips for different ages that that we can maybe focus on. So, like for those younger people that are maybe just out of college and and starting work and or out of high school and starting work, you know, twenties to thirties. Really, what they need to do at this time is is focus more on just establish that really strong base financial foundation take all these things that we're teaching you know just develop your your good financial habits at that point and 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 you know you're you're starting to enter the prime of your life and and you're you know prioritize that that saving and investing early you know your future self is really going to thank you for that. You know, we've talked about compound interest, you know, the power of time. If you, if you start this investing early, it's, it's a lot easier than those that, that start late. So take advantage of that compounding interest um, and, and the, and the really the growth potential by starting in your twenties. Um, consider what your long-term financial goals are going to be. Are you somebody that wants to own a home? Do you want to have a family? You know, will one parent stop working or the other one, you know, go part-time? Do you want to start a business? You know, what things need to happen in your daily habits and, in you know, financial foundation to make those things happen? So, you know, as we kind of move from there to get into our middle age, you know, maybe our, our, our late 30s and through our 40s, right? And so this is kind of the time where 
you really need to start looking at, okay, I've started this thing, you know, and am I making progress toward it, right? What are those, what are those goals that I set in my twenties? You know, a, you know, number one, a is, is that even a relevant goal for you anymore? But, but two, how are you doing it progressing toward it? Right? So, um, that's something to look at and make changes as necessary towards those goals. Um, Assess your financial situation, you know, and as I just mentioned, adjust your saving strategy. Maybe, you know, hey, I'm not saving enough. I think this goal is going to cost X. You know, I want to have X amount by a certain date. You know, that's not going to happen with what I'm doing and adjust, you know, maybe that means saving more into your investments. Maybe that means, you know, changing your risk tolerance a little bit and changing your your, your investment strategy as necessary, you know. Um, the other thing, too, as you kind of enter your, your mid-40s is, is plan for any possible career changes or transitions that are going to happen in your life, right? And so, um, you know, maybe you get a big promotion or, or maybe, you, you know, you've been working for somebody for a long time and you decide, hey, I want to do this on my own. And, you know, that's what happened, you know for myself and with Casey is, is we both worked for somebody and, you know, in my forties, I decided I, I didn't want to do that. And that's why I had to transition. So those are things you need to potentially think about in your forties. And then, you know, again, when do you want to be done working, you know, and in, you know, does that mean done working altogether or does that just mean slowing down, you know, for myself, as I get into my sixties and, and, you know, beyond my vision right now is to just slow down. I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I don't know that I ever want to stop it, but I just, you know, maybe I don't want to do it as, as much as I am now. So those are things to start thinking about, you know, and what you start to think about what that ideal is for that next stage. So, you know, and that next stage kind of gets into the fifties and sixties, you know, and so, um, as, as you're in your fifties, you really need to take a look at what, what are your retirement? If that's what you want to do, what are those income needs and, and what are going to be, you know, the expected, you know, expenses for you during that time frame? You know, is there still going to be a house payment? Is there going to be any long-term care? You know, maybe you're going to be taking care of a, you know, a parent or something like that, or, you know, have kids still at that point, you're paying for education. So, you know, what are those income needs and what are the expenses? You, you kind of got to figure that out. And so um, as you start to look at these things, look at your retirement savings, you know, and, and, you know, hey, you know, I'm doing a great job. I'm putting in the max. Well, are you really putting in the max? Because as you hit a certain age milestone, you're able to put more away. And so depending on, you know, the, the type of account that it is, uh, different accounts have different, what they call catch-up contributions that you can make. Um, start to think about what healthcare costs, you know, what are you going to have to pay once you stop working for somebody, you know, to, to maintain insurance? Um, in your 50s is a great time to start looking at your Social Security. You know, what what options do you have? You know, when are you going to plan to take that? You know, maybe you have a pension option. And, and so with pensions, most of the time we see different options, you know, take a lump sum or survivor benefits, things like that, that you need to start thinking about at this time. You know, and then, you know, we talked earlier in this about the 4% rule or the, the 25X rule, um, you know, start to think about what's going to be, what's going to be an amount that you can take out of your portfolio each year, you know, and is it going to be sustainable? So, and then, you know, as, as we kind of wrap this up, assess, you know, your investment portfolio and adjust for income needs and, and your risk tolerance. You know, we've worked through our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, you know, we've built this up and we've been really aggressive and and maybe now we have this great big portfolio, but now we want to protect it. And so, 
maybe taking less risk is something that we need to look at changing. So, and then, you know, look at, you know, long, long-term care and estate planning. You know, we start to do this in our fifties and sixties too, is, you know, how am I going to pay for that long-term care? You know, maybe I want to pass on money to the kids or charities or whatever. This is a great time to do those things. And then, you know, finally review annually, you know, and adjust your retirement budget based on things that are changing, you know, there's always something that's going to be changing in our life. And we just need to make sure that we're, you know, always looking at those things. And so, um, you know, it's important to, like I said, reassess those financial goals and adjust, you know, your plans according to make sure that your, your financial life is going to be, you know, secure and fulfilling. So Casey, what in role do, or what role do the investments um, play in all this? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And I want to touch on a couple of things that you said too is, you know, one thing that kind of stuck out was making sure you get the max. What what we often hear is, yeah, I'm getting the max or I'm maxing out my my 401k when really they're just getting up to the match of what their employer is providing. Mm-hmm. You know, not the max of the actual 401k, you know, it's over $20,000. Now, are you really truly maxing out your 401k, 403b, 457? And, and now, you know, to, to investments, uh, you know, as your portfolio grows over time, what role does it really play? You know, what return do you actually need from from your investments? You know, Mike just talked about don't take more risk than you need to, because really the investments are there as a tool to live your desired lifestyle, right? You don't need to take more risk, but you want to make sure you keep up with the ugly head of inflation uh, and avoid paying those unnecessary costs. And, and as we mentioned many times of keeping it simple, keeping it low cost, you know, uh, index funds, broad diversification, but it really doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. Whether you're doing it yourself, you have a professional uh, helping you out, the investments are there to, as a tool to live your lifestyle, to, to fulfill your goals. Um, so, so my kind of mentioning on professionals, what, what should kind of people be looking for? What help could they have out there? Right. So, you know, th- there's, there's all these terms and they're, they're very much alike. And so we'll, we'll kind of touch on a little bit, um, you know, financial planning versus financial advice or financial planners versus financial advisors. You know, we talk about independent advice and you know is the advice you're getting comprehensive is it fee only is it fee based and I'll kind of talk about some of that here right and so financial planners um, they can help you understand if you have enough by providing what we call comprehensive and, and independent advice they they look you know when we say comprehensive that means looking at everything and they're looking at your goals your insurance your your expenses they're not just looking at your investments so they have that expertise to analyze your unique situation, including your, you know, all those things you're, you, that I just mentioned, you know, that your budget and your expenses and, and how much you have with what you own and your income. They, they look at all these factors and financial planners can estimate the amount that you are going to need, you know, to consider yourself financially independent at some point and have enough uh, to sustain your lifestyle. Um, you know, and, and and planners they have a they have a big role in helping you determine your goals. Do you want to maybe touch on that for a second, Casey? Yeah, you know we we want to know when we sit down with somebody. The first thing that we want to know is what are their goals, because without knowing somebody's goals, you know, going back to the investment piece, 
it it doesn't then we don't know what to do with the investments if we don't know what the person's goals are and you know it could be multiple goals it could be i want to fund my children my grandchildren 529 or i want to and or i want to give to an organization i want to you know live this kind of lifestyle in retirement you know without having to work uh but it's really about getting to those goals first because without a clear idea without a clear path of knowing those it's it's tough to know really what to do with the investments yeah, absolutely. And so, and, you know, another key of working with a financial um, planner that you need to know if you're going to go get help is how to limit any conflicts of interest that there might be. You know, do they adhere to any ethical standards? Uh, you want to make sure that they prioritize your needs and goals above any personal financial gain that they may have. So, you know, financial planners often work on what's called a fee-only basis, and they only receive compensation directly from you know the people they work with, their clients, and so rather than earning a commission. So if you're working for somebody that you know, ask them how are you paid. If they're paid by a product that they're trying to sell to you, that may not necessarily be in your best interest. And so it's something to really think about on that. And so. Um, additionally, you know, financial planners have a fiduciary duty um, to their clients, and that means that they're legally obligated to act in, you know, your best interest. So if you're going to an advisor or a planner, ask them, are you a fiduciary? Are you a fiduciary all the time? You know, and that ensures that whatever advice that they give you, you know, you want to make sure it's transparent and trustworthy. And so working with a planner, you can gain a real clear understanding, you know, they can gain a, a real clear understanding of your situation and help you make informed decisions. And, and you can have that confidence in your, in your plan, you know, uh, to achieve your, your desired level of, you know, what is enough. And for our listeners out there that are kind of struggling, you know, going back to the goals or, you know, knowing what is enough, uh, some questions that have helped us and that help, you know, when us, when we ask clients that can help them as well, it's from George Kinder. Uh, he's written books. He has a website out there as well and many other resources. Uh, but his three questions, I just kind of want to go through one by one. I'm going to pause after each one. And whether you have a pen and paper handy now or you want to come back uh, and answer these questions later, I would highly, highly encourage you to do it. Um, I do this myself. I've done this myself multiple times. Uh, Kind George Kinder says he has done it multiple times per year um, as well. So you know, take take that wisdom from him. So number one, imagine you are financially secure and you have enough money to take care of all of your needs. How would you live your life? What would you do with your time? Would you change anything about your current situation? So that's question one. Number two, now imagine that you have only five to 10 years left to live. You won't have any more money, but you will remain healthy. You're still financially secure. How would you change your life? What would you do differently? Third, now imagine that you have only 24 hours left to live. Reflecting on your life, what did you miss? What did you not get to do? What do you wish you had done differently? These questions are designed to help you reflect on your values, your priorities, what truly matters to you when it comes to your life and your finances. 
And many times the experience is that the answers from questions one and two are about the same. And it's not till about question number three that the answers really start changing when you have that 24 hours left to live question. As the first two gender are more quantitative and have to do with more material wants, where the third one is more qualitative and really helps you determine what the number is really for and answer how much the enough is questioned for you. Uh, in, in his book, The Numbers by Lee Eisenberg, he mentions Kinder's three questions as well. Um, so two good books there. And many of us have heard that, you know, expect to spend 60, 80% of our current expenses in retirement. Well, this can, this can potentially be harmful to many people if they just randomly pick a number based upon, you know, what they hear. You know, I'm just going to pick 70% without truly examining their life and just, just picking that number. You know, you may be within that range. You may be higher or lower depending on how you're going to, how you're going to change or keep your current lifestyle. And we've seen some people, you know, whether, whether a spouse passes away, but the reality of it, many of the expenses stay the same. Yeah, it's hard. You can't really necessarily, like you said, really that that rule of thumb doesn't really work because everybody's situation is going to be unique. So, you know, as we kind of review what is enough for you, I just kind of want to touch on some of the points that we've we've talked about so far. And so probably the 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 biggest thing that we can recommend is that you look at your financial situation regularly, you know, do that annual checkup and, and look at your goals annually and compare your plan to where you think you're, you know, you're supposed to be. And, and, and the more you dive in and the more you're with this, the, the, the better you're going to be able to answer what is enough for you. Um, you know, some tips for adjusting the plan, you know, based on those life changes, we talked about those different age ranges, the twenties, the thirties, the forties, you know, look at that. Be aggressive if you can when you're young and, and change things, you know, as you get married or have kids or get an inheritance, things like that. Just always, your plan is not set in stone once you come up with it. It's, um, you really got to look at it, being able to be flexible with it and adjust it. You know, again, based on those life events I just talked about, or maybe it's marketed conditions. Maybe, maybe there's a series of bad years and you have to change to take more risk or put more away or, you know, maybe it's a series of good years and you can cut back a little bit uh, because you know what enough is for you. And, and, you know, maybe some of that money could be used in the current time. So, it, you know, kind of just concluding money, it, it's important in, in knowing that you have enough, but you need to realize, again, it's not all about that dollar sign. It's, you know, it's about that journey that we talk about over and over. And so, um, we just want to encourage you to, to take, take steps towards your financial, um, well-being. And so Casey, do you want to give our listeners an action step before we wrap things up? Yeah. The one action step that we have for you is reflect on your current financial situation and determine what enough means to you. You know, assess your expenses, your assets, your income sources to estimate the amount needed for financial independence. And then lastly, for our disclaimer, this podcast is educational purposes only as anything you'd find online. We only give advice to people we know their personal situation without knowing yours. It'd be foolish to provide advice. For advice, consult the experts you may have in your life, your accountant, your attorney, your financial advisor, essentially the people who know you and your situation personally. Mm-hmm.